If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Cool. Keep my hands off. Of no it. table hitting. We are live right now <laughs> on Facebook. Happy, <laughs> happy holidays, guys. That's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Fire up. Blaze up, bro. Yeah. You're listening to the We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories, their nuanced conversations, and forward thinking, and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing. But not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Join us. Join us. Come to the dark. (laughs) Gather. Gather. <laughs> Gather. Join. Oh, and assimilate. <laughs> welcome. Welcome once again to another episode of Fade to Gray. It is, is my that? joy and honor to introduce. I'm your joy. Fair enough. You are my Elizabeth Joy. Um, <laughs> and so would that make Chris my honor or your your honor, Chris? Yes. <laughs> um, yes. How is everybody doing? How are you doing, babe? I'm great. I'm great. This episode, uh, Nick, whoa, sorry, Nick brought to you by <laughs> Mason Jars and the amazing power of their, uh, their capability of being water bottles. There you go. Wow. That was for, that was for Nick. Wow. I'm so <laughs> glad that you gave us that, that little sponsorship there. Chris, how are hey, you you're doing? You're welcome. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing oh. be- better than I was last. No, you had your chance to talk, babe. You decided to talk about, you t- you decided to talk about Mason jars. That's it. You're done for the episode. So um, no. <laughs> moving right along. Um, yes, I'm doing much better than I was last night. I think last night was like one of the first times I actually experienced a, a full on like anxiety attack or panic attack. Um, and those it just happened to be like right as I'm laying down to go to bed. Um, and so it, it was rather intense. I ended up eating one of Elizabeth's uh, Xanax to actually fall asleep. Um, but one of the things I noticed is some of the normal coping mechanisms I've had in my past um, don't work as much as they used to, like prayer. Um, you know, once you've kind of deconstructed a lot of the things um, that you've thought about Christianity or prayer or God, um, when I'm in a situation and I'm having an anxiety attack and I'm praying to a God, then I'm, my mind is my enemy and all of a sudden like arguing with me and it's deconstructing. And so it's kind of like, there's no, there's no peace there. Um, so what I end up having to do is much like meditation. I just had to like, just try to think on just my breathing. Um, that way I wasn't you know, focusing on my mind wasn't wondering on this thing I need to worry about or this other thing or how I'm a piece of shit here or how I could be a better parent better husband all this all that stuff that comes flooding in um sometimes you know people especially at night um it was just really overwhelming last night um so I will not be going to bed without marijuana again for a long time (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what that's what happens. It's something um, my brain's always been very hyperactive in the evenings. Um, I spoke with my mom today, and we were talking about this how like um, I've always had anxiety about going to sleep because I just replay my entire day over and over in my head. Um, growing up, prayer actually really did help for a while. I learned how to kind of basically just give all that stuff over, like cast all my cares to Jesus. And then not have to worry about it again. So that really, that's there for years. Prayer really did help me go to sleep. Um, and during that time, I was also um, in the school of ministry and things like that. So I wasn't able to smoke weed to help me sleep. Um, but truly, um, as we joked in the beginning, uh, tomorrow being 420, um, it's been a lot more than just a recreational thing for me. It's been true medication as far as ADHD and anxiety. And so that's what happened last night. Thanks for asking. I'm doing much better today, Chris. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing better. Uh, you know, I would ask you, Omar, to consider how God takes care of the lilies of the field. Uh, you know, they don't toil. They don't turn or spin. They're dressed in God's splendor. Until know? they get eaten by a cow or a deer <laughs> or something like that. Then, they, then they're, they're just fodder end up in the, as a pile of shit. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's all kinds of verses that I could supposed to be able to read to make all that go away, right? To make all my anxiety go away. Like That's right. Like Philippians and things like that. Do you but, remember those really cool, like, um, you, you'd get these sheets when you go to church and it's like, are you struggling with anxiety? Check this verse out. It was like a prescription verse thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like dealing with guilt? Check this verse out. I've seen tracks like that. Yeah. Um, but um, I went to much better churches. We were more creative than that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. But, that sounds okay. like. Not I'm sorry, cool. babe. I, I was joking earlier. Is there something you actually wanted to say? Well, kind of. I I had a I had a busy weekend. I got my first uh, shot for COVID. And, uh, yeah, I got it on Friday evening. And uh, Saturday, I helped to move our Sleep my music store that I work oh, for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we moved our music store. We had a we bought a building. Uh, earlier this in the winter and we've got finally got to the point where we can move in and so i did that all day by two o'clock in the afternoon though i was shot so saturday night i slept for 14 hours don't amazing saturday night you came home from franklin at the music store and proceeded to go take a nap which was nice and then you woke up and was awake for like 30 minutes and went back to bed <laughs> it was an hour i made sure to stay awake for an hour <laughs> That COVID shot can knock you out. I mean, it really can. Yeah. I yeah. already gave my boss warning. I said, when I get my second one, I will be unavailable for work that weekend. <laughs> so that was a, a, a lesson learned for me that night. So I got to hang out with the kids while Elizabeth slept and it was, it was fun. Um, I really got in one of those modes where there's so much stuff to be, that needs to be done around the house, whether it be mowing and um, all the springtime activities now that like the snow's all melted out here in Western Pennsylvania. Our guest doesn't know about that because he's still in Alaska. They have snow for another three months, I think. Ooh. So, <laughs> I mean, they don't have spring. They have what they call breakup. And we'll actually break up. We're not talk about that because I'm somebody asked me the other day, like, isn't this spring like your favorite season? I'm like, no, not really. Like, it's just mud and stuff. I'd rather, you know, looking for, for to fall already and summer hasn't got here yet. So so yeah, one of the things I learned though, Saturday night, um, hanging out with the kids, um, before I introduce our guest, Steven today, um, is just, I have decided to follow maybe, Jesus. Uh, well, I've decided to maybe follow Jesus example. Um, I have decided that 
I want to be a kinder person, Chris. Um, I know I have a brass sense of humor and most of my friends have thick skin and I kind of, I enjoy that about myself, but I also have three girls, two of which are already starting to get into puberty. And so when something that should be at a two happens and now it's happening at a 10. And um, so what I found for myself um, is I can't, I can't afford my own mental health cannot afford to continue doing life the way that I have been doing. Um, I can't, cause I'll show up thinking, okay, there's screaming going on. There's somebody's hurt. So I'll show up all, all excited. My, my heart's racing and I'm showing up at a 10 cause I'm matching the, the, the level of the kids are at then can find out that like nothing's happening and it's just a bunch of emotions and things are just overreacting. So when I show up at a 10, I then overreact too, and then have to calm down and apologize and look at things more soberly. And I'm realizing I can't afford to keep doing that. I need to show up at a two always. Um, and that way I'm able to make better sound decisions in the moment and not be like, everybody's going to bed now, you know? And then um, uh, that, and yeah, it's gonna have I'm gonna have three females going through puberty at the same time in the house. And that sounds horrible. For some reason, everybody else in the house can raise their voice as much as they want and scream and carry on. Elizabeth can scream at the kids every night and they aren't even phased by it. But if I have the wrong like tone in my voice, these kids are traumatized and they're gonna be talking to their counselor, which my oldest is already has a counselor for it. So so yeah, I've this is something that I'm wanting to work on, but I'm terrified because I don't know if it's actually going to stick because I also don't want to be like walked over by people. Cause the, yeah, it seems like a lot of people who are kind and nice and think the best of people often are the ones that end up being used and just end up being fodder for um, people in leadership. There's a balance, man. <laughs> There's a balance, but you can do it. You can do it. I like that. I think that's a great idea. Oh, set goals for yourself. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. So here we go. Um, it is my joy to introduce an old friend of myself, uh, Elizabeth. And I met this guy, Stephen Duplantis, when I was in Alaska during our cult experience up there with, with Master's Commission. Um, and Stephen was a friend of the director of the program. And when I first met him, um, he was a a fellow Southerner. You will hear the Creole in his voice when he talks here very soon. Um, and so we kind of like hit it off uh, right away. He is a kind of philosophical um, minded type person, deep thinker, um, likes to debate, is not afraid of conflict. And so I found myself often having really deep, good conversations with, with Stephen. Um, a lot of them theological um, in nature. And, um, since then, I don't think we'd spoke for like over a decade and over the last year, kind of been reconnecting and hearing about some more of his story. And as his kids are growing up and having their own lives and their own stories and, um, you know, life has changed so much for myself and Elizabeth in the last 10 years. Um, I wanted to invite Steve on and and we can go over kind of uh, what's been going on in his life and, uh, he can tell us what's how the other side of the tracks is living nowadays. Um, so this is our conservative Christian 
Republican friend, Stephen DePlanis. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh, don't be too brutal now. <laughs> oh, I, I won't. I'm, I'm, I like how you said conservative and Republican. <laughs> it, 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 they're not the same. They are not the same, man. You know, Republicans are... Uh, uh, I, I actually... Um, uh, I, when I ran for office, Omar, this last, this last go around was Republican, but, um, all right. For, for, for our listener, for our one listener we have out there, let, let, let's go ahead. <laughs> um, so you said you ran for office, uh, yeah. that would be, uh, which office were you running for? That was the, uh, the, the Alaska state Senate. Uh, I, I just ran for that one this past year. And, um, yeah, after that experience, um, I'm kind of done with the Republican Party. Um, I'm not. I, I would probably venture to say I'm more libertarian. Um, that, that's where I want to go um, because uh, that lines up more with what I believe. You know, I would like to see the Republican Party change, but it, it's not. No, no, there's no way. And uh, the, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So I might as well just just go ahead and, and switch, and that's what kind of what we did. So, so uh, it's kind of funny, Stephen. One, one of the first things we kind of talked uh, before we hit record uh, for you guys, and uh, I was like, "Is there anything that we shouldn't talk about?" And uh, Stephen's like, "Maybe we shouldn't get into politics because you know that." And there it came out. <laughs> and then, but then the very first thing we started talking about is politics. Um, would you be uh, happy to hear, or maybe surprised to hear that um, last two put political elections i voted libertarian actually um and i agree with much of the libertarian views i still think it's pretty much a throwaway vote like a protest vote but um there are more things that i would agree with too that that line up with that but anyway um let's let's hear more of just like who you are steven as much as you feel comfortable talking about your story um before we start you know really getting poking holes in your your politics and religion (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I, uh, well, from New Orleans, um, originally, um, met my wife, uh, Demita when, uh, she was just joining the air force. She's actually from New Orleans also. And, uh, we were married a few years and, and, um, uh, we wound up, uh, we grew up Catholic and, uh, it, you know, not that we were practicing Catholic, but it was embedded in me. I mean, I hear you guys talk about, I mean, are um, any Catholics actually practicing Catholics? I mean, <laughs> practicing Catholic or practicing, practicing whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I've always felt spiritual since I was a kid. I mean, I always felt this closeness to God and uh, I didn't exactly know how to reach him. I, I knew that I was supposed to serve him in some capacity. So I thought I was supposed to be a priest, but uh, lo and behold, when I entered puberty, I, realized that I could not do without women. So um, I, I could not take that vow of celibacy. So I, I went, you know, and, and did my thing. And, and, and around the age of, of 30, 32, I think it was about 30 years old. Um, but a couple of years after Demita and I got married, maybe four years. And uh, uh, my, my two oldest kids, Nick and Noel, were, were two years old. And, and we attended a church in Assemblies of God Church, and 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 God got hold of me, and uh, I served Him in that way. Um, uh, at, at that time, as far as you guys know, who've been, uh, I'm sure you've been there. You know, you, you you've had the, if you've had the salvation experience, 
you know, your, your, your life changes and you just get rid of everything. I had, dude, I had this collection of, of CDs and I used to DJ back in the day. I had the albums, dude. I had the, remember the old two liter Coke crates, the albums yeah. would fit perfect in there, you know? And I had like yeah. six of these things and I had just tons of albums. I got don't rid you know, of I'm all. sure your I'm sure your kids have all those now because don't you know, albums have made a comeback. I, I have it, dude, more it, albums on do CDs right now. That that's good. That's really good. I wish I would have held on to them because I'd be a millionaire right now, probably. But uh, yeah. because some of the some of those albums were were, were priceless, you know. And and yeah. um, but um, anyway, can I ask you um, a question about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What did you do with them? Did you smash them? Because you, you couldn't sell them because then that was giving sin back to the world. So what did you See, do with them? I didn't know that back then, so I sold them. <laughs> you sold them. We, our I youth minister it. had us <laughs> smash our CDs in what was called the sin bin. And I remember my mom freaking out like... That was a skit when I was a kid. <laughs> really? Yeah. My oh, mom wow. freaking out because she paid all this money for all these really good CDs I had. And then I went and smashed them in the sin bin. <laughs> Oh, I remember wow. in Alaska that with Assemblies of God, the uh, Master's Mission thing that I was a part of, it was every, like, first of every year, there was a giant bonfire that uh, Ron would do and, and encourage everybody to get all of their, I mean, it got, purity culture was very real out there, though. I mean, you were burning just pictures of people that you know might be a soul tie of something that's holding soul ties back. man oh yeah like yep. so you i mean you didn't stop at albums you didn't stop at like entertainment you're looking for anything that might be holding you back from jesus you know so um it's t-shirts yeah it doesn't it, matter i think i think back on that and and uh you know it it, it may have been a little ex extreme I, I didn't know any better so i sold them i mean i i didn't want to just give them away so i sold them and uh actually gave the albums to my brother let him you know let him burn in hell i guess i don't know but um <laughs> the actuality he, he my brother passed away about two years ago and uh he was you know i, I led him to the lord right two weeks prior to him dying didn't even know that he was that was going to happen but uh sorry for your loss that's pretty you know, yeah it was yeah, a couple of years he was the last oh. of my family to go so i'm the the last one and uh left on earth with him but um wow. uh it it it's it's amazing that most of the albums and that i got rid of um are now like on my phone <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, at, at that time in my life, I had, I had to give them up and, and I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, for whatever reasons, I don't know. Um, but, but looking back on it, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm glad I did because there were some things I couldn't have done and, and decisions made that uh, I couldn't have made with, you know, if, if I had not made a decision to do this and then it was just kind of a thing that went, went off from there. But um, we, 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 I was in Mississippi when that happened. And um uh, we we wound up in in Alaska. That was uh, um, the the Eielson Air Force Base is where we were up, and that's where I met uh, Pastor Ron. And uh, he and I he and I became good friends. You know, I was with his uh, um, youth ministry while it was there, and I left right right before. In fact, the the Masters Commission started like right about a couple of few months after we left, and um, and then we went. Uh, from there, we went to Spain. My wife got out of the military. Uh, uh, she was going to do 20 years, but had a medical separation, medical retirement. She's 100% disabled right now. Um, and um, so 
uh, we went to Spain for a year and, and then from there she got out and then we went to um, Florida for two years. I went to Bible school at Brownsville Assembly of God. And from there, I um, went to, got a, a, a job as a worship pastor in, in California. And that was a horrible experience with that church. I was my first paid position on the church. It wasn't really even paid. I was supposed to get paid, but I wasn't. And uh, in that, at that, while I was there, um, I was brought there, actually. I don't think it was to work for the, the, the church, but I had a, a heart attack and then wound up having seven bypasses. And, and it was in the, um, it was one of the best hospitals in, in California, in the nation for heart surgery. So I kind of went, um, you know, I believe that that's why I was out there. You know, I, I believe that there's destiny. You know, I know you've heard that Omar a lot with master commission about destiny and stuff like that. And I believe we all have a purpose and, and, and things, you know, line up for a certain way. And, and, um, and, and then from there, uh, from that experience with the, the church, um, we almost gave up on ministry. Um, in fact, we rode the fence there for about, oh, we, we, from California, we moved to Georgia. And then we, we, uh, we stayed there and, and I was, you know, I was straddling the fence and uh, uh, we, we, we did our thing. And, um, but I never gave up on God. That was the whole thing. I never gave up on him because he, he was always in the forefront. And that just brought me back to when I was a child, because God was always my go-to. If something was going on, I would, I would go to him. And I would felt that I would, even as a Catholic, even as a young child, I felt that, that connection with him and same thing here. And then uh, we wound up, I wound up um, working for my uncle that uh, uh, had, he owns a bunch of restaurants, managing a restaurant for him. And that, lifestyle got too familiar for me and i i got to a point where okay i'm either going to go headlong and do this or i'm going to go into ministry again and and you know give my life to that and uh you know because th there were too many temptations and um at, and i'm this, not talking at this about point in your life Stephen. uh how old were you and uh you know i know you've been married for a few years how many, were you having kids at that point Oh yeah, yeah. The kids were born. They they were um at, at that point, uh Nick and Noel were about about 16, 50 they're twins, oh, 15 yeah. to 16 years old. And Andrew was about 10. And um uh you know, they were, you know, in school and everything. And and um and we all at that point felt a pull back to Alaska. You know, we always felt that we were supposed to come back here, but didn't know when. And and it was my wife, you know, she didn't want to come back to the cold. You know, she didn't like the cold. She was in, in understandable. Not many people do. I mean, you as you know, it it's cold up here. And uh, we, um, you know, I, I was at that point and, um, you know, so I was going to make a decision. And had I made a decision to to not go back into ministry. I mean, we could have ended up in divorce. We could have ended, there was a lot of ifs that could have happened. And um, thank God it didn't. And, and so what, what happened was um, while we were, and this was in Florida, where I mind you, we were living in uh, Destin, Florida and a uh, nice place. Uh, Destin's beautiful. And um, Ron was, was itinerating with his team, the TGM team. And, he was coming through and he stopped at the house and uh, I hadn't seen him in years. And uh, that was kind of the catalyst that got us back to Alaska. You know, not that he talked us into it, but it was an open door. 
you know, that, that, okay, we could, we can go back and, um, and, and go there and, and go into ministry. And, uh, and we made that decision and did, we sold everything we owned and moved back to Alaska. And, um, uh, then we, we, we worked with Pastor Ron for, with TGM for about two years. And, and, um, it, it wasn't, I didn't feel like that was what God actually called us up there to do. Uh, so that's when I took the, the pastorate in, uh, in Ninana, um, the village, you know, village on, you know, you, you've been in Ninana. Yeah, I'm sure. I, like, I like Ninana a whole lot. Um, it's, yeah, actually, it was it's a, one of the few it, villages that are in the road system and stuff like that. So I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, it was a very, uh, you know, oh, a great experience, you know, working with them. And then from there, um, I started working at, the, at a church here in town, uh, and then uh, and was outreach. Is that Anchorage? Out- yeah, that Town. was Anchorage. Um, yeah, Anchorage. Because we had to translate we that here. for non-Alaskans. Town is Anchorage. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's like two towns in Alaska. It's either Fairbanks or Anchorage, depending on where you live. Town and so. Yeah, that, and that's it. And then town, well, the the big village they call Anchorage, and then yeah. So uh, yeah, we came to Anchorage, and and we've been here for about five years now. Um, uh, so I, 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 I didn't now, now mind you, um, the only paid position I ever had in ministry was in the Nana. Okay. And well, technically, the, pastor of technically the, tr- the worship position was supposed to be paid too, but, but it didn't happen. It was, t- it was supposed to be paid, but it didn't, I, I didn't get anything. Um, in fact, we went, we went into bankruptcy because of, of that because of the, the surgery and everything else. And we had to file for bankruptcy. So I had, look, dude, let me tell you, ministry church, you know, if it's could leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth, it's mine, you know? And, um, but I've always said that if, 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 if people weren't involved in church, it would be great. Bottom line. I mean, because there, there were some really rotten people, you know, and they get in and they want to take control. They because they, this is a platform for them. They want to, you know, they 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 can't make it in the world, right? You see this a lot with Christian musicians. Um, they'll break into the Christian music industry because they're not good enough to break into the world. So they'll 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 take it and 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 the Christians, oh, we love you, we'll take it, you know. And and but their their hearts not there or nothing, you know. So. Um, and it's the same thing in, in pastors, you know, but it, if you get, exactly, um, yeah. if you're charismatic uh, and you're it, a good speaker, then they'll put you on stage no matter what your life is like behind the scenes. So yeah. You talk in circles. Oh yeah. That got the anointing, man. If, if you, um, uh, it, if you, here's a good example I, I, I never did get a, a, a degree from a credentialed university, like, you know, like Northwest or something like that. You know, I, I, I worked on my own. I, I did Berean. Um, oh yeah. Well, Berean, well uh, I went to master's was, commission. We were, elite. you did it. And we, we were elite. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> God, but, there's, but, there's no spiritual pride there at all. But even in the, in the assemblies of God, if, if you don't have that degree and you're a pastor, you, you're looked down upon because yeah. uh, you're, I can give your, um, your old pastor at, 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 at Wasilla assembly um Unifil? was not no no um Callens. we used to work oh Callens. yeah Ed Callens. Ed, yeah 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 he wasn't yeah he wasn't credential. He, he's still doing he's still doing yeah he thing went from uh, <laughs> in north carolina yeah, he is yeah, he just does his thing yeah Jeez. and 
that's where you are, aren't you? You in North Carolina? No, I have family there. there. We're we're in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. We're in Pennsylvania currently. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so yeah, let, let's um, put a let's put a fork in your story right here because there's a, I know there's probably some questions that Chris and Elizabeth have, and um, there was something you said a little while back that I kind of want to unpack a little bit. Just just sit there I, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it, like kind of everyone's thoughts on it. But you threw out the word destiny um, mm-hmm. earlier. You know, it sounds like that you're a big believer, and as you're telling your story, uh, it sounds like a lot of like shitty things happen along the way. You know. But you kept going forward in, you know, this thing we call Christianity. Mm -hmm. You had lots of uh, reasons to stop, a lot of excuses to not keep going. But um, it seems like with your perspective of destiny, um, you were able to look at situations like, you know, the church may have caused you a heart attack, but at least you were in the place where there was like one of the best hospitals in the world to get the help that you needed at the time uh you know sort of thing you know like destiny you know i'm in the right place at the right time um i i don't know how i personally feel about destiny and that's that's kind of why i wanted to bring this up because i i i want to agree but i don't know how i feel about it i want to hear like you guys' thoughts as well um because i definitely think things could happen for a reason. If there's a higher power, you know, if there's a God who loves us and is trying to orchestrate things to happen in our life, the problem about that is like so many of those things were shitty. And so to say, Hey, there's a God who loves us, who's allowing all these shitty things to happen in our life to to point us in the direction and get us where we're supposed to be because he loves us, you know, and, and knows best for us. You know, that's where it kind of breaks down the, the debt, like, like, because if there is destiny, like it would, it would mean that there's somebody orchestrating that, correct? Um, uh, yeah. And so, I, I, I'm just I'm sorry, Elizabeth was giving me faces, so I was making sure that I wasn't <laughs> like, going too far ahead in my in my thought process here. Uh, I was just trying to, I was waiting for the succinct button on it, but Chris looks like he has something to say. I'm still processing my own thoughts on that. Uh, I I don't know. I, my thoughts on destiny are probably pretty jaded. Well, that's Um, fine. I want, that's why I want to hear like all sides. I want, (laughs) I want want to let, uh, Steven unpacked it more too, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it as well. Cause this is something that I'm, I'm like, what do I think about that? Cause you're right, Steven there. Like it was always like, you know, there's a call, there's a purpose on your life. You know, everything happens for a reason. And when you live that way and you believe that way, and I did for, for many years, it's like, um, it makes things make sense. It makes prayer easier. It makes all, all, all these, but when you live in a life now where things are a lot more gray for me, where it's like, yeah, I could see that there's potentially a intelligent being intelligent design that's behind all this. Like, so destiny, there could be a destiny, but I, I I've now at a point and I may be jaded too, Chris, but I'm at a point where if there is intelligent design, it's not loving. I can't, I can't say that like any of the stuff that this intelligent design thing is doing is for, uh, is love. Does destiny only, so you're saying destiny only applies if there's an intelligent design for something bigger. I, 
unless there's a, unless there's destiny for something else, unless somebody can have a better definition of it, I'm down. Here's my thought process on this. I think that there's a huge reason why people in you know from Western cultures think that they have a destiny or believe that their life uh, needs to have some sort of purpose. Um, And the reason uh, is that they all look forward to the savior, the second coming of Jesus. Um, This millennial perspective of there's a savior coming and into the world where all the wicked will, of course, uh, receive their due punishment. And everyone who's done well in life will receive some sort of a reward really set us on some sort of a, a a line segment thinking pattern of time and also keeps us from actually enjoying uh, and doing what we want here on earth because in heaven, there's going to be riches and there's going to be mansions. So so that's your definition of destiny. Give everything away now. Say what? Uh, that's your definition of destiny, or that's why you just think that 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 that's no, just why you think that I that think concept, the idea even exists, is because I think the concept exists because of a millennialist perspective of the second coming of Jesus. Uh, I I don't think that when the Jews were thinking about death, that they were thinking about an afterlife. Um, I don't think that they were thinking about you know what is my purpose in this world? I think they thought, well, my purpose is to live and serve God. And that's it. What, right. This might and help. then I did, I, Wikipedia's yeah. definition, destiny, sometimes referred to as fate from, um, is predetermined course of events. And so it, it may be conceived as a predetermined future, wherever a general or of an, an individual. So I don't, I, I think that maybe we we're putting our own baggage on, on, on the word, but like, Possibly, because do you in that in that definition, you don't necessarily have to have a uh, intelligent design, like I was suggesting. Say it again. Say it again. What was the definition? Uh, Destiny's. He's using Wikipedia as his his source. First of all, is that I'll go to Webster's? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. What does it say? Uh, uh, Destiny, sometimes referred to as fate. So you know, where we think, what's your fate in life? Okay. And, um, is predetermined course of events and maybe predetermined that means that someone has determined it so therefore it has to involve some sort of an intelligent design if it's predetermined yeah. then someone has orchestrated it uh, who's and, who's uh who's who's pre- predetermined it if that's the, the the case you know right i guess that would yeah. be just in the eye of the beholder or whatever you actually believe but some you, you would have to believe that there's a higher power in order to believe that you have any sort of fate or destiny yeah, I think by very definition, uh, I think you'd have to. I'm, I'm sorry for that interlude or, yeah. or whatever, but no, <laughs> I, that, that's good to to uh, just to clarify that that I wanted to uh, make that connection with you because I know that that destiny was taught a whole lot under the MC, you know, umbrella. You know, it's your destiny and this and that. You know, and um, and, and and I like to think of it as um, and this is this is for me. All right. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, whenever I say anything, it's not like, Ooh, you know, my experience is, is yours and, and you have to experience it too. No, that's not, that's not it. Is that when I see something happen, that's beyond the normal 
natural circumstances, I have to put my, my, my trust in a higher power or God that it's him that's orchestrating it some kind of way. Now, either it's by, you know, I don't know what it is, you know, making decisions. I, I have no idea. All right. But, but I, I can, you know, I can only tell you what works, you know, how I see it. And, and without that, at least for me, um, there's like no hope, man. I mean, like, like when Jesus said that, that, that no greater love is a man have to, but, but to lay down his life for his, for his friend, his brother. And, and, and that's the, the thing that we miss as a church, as a, as Christians is that he was the ultimate servant. He, he, he died. All right. These people put him to death because, you know, because this is what I believe, you know, we get into the sacrifice and everything else. I'm not going to get into theology. I'm just getting into the basics here. You know, is that that this man gave his life for a friend. All right. And then you look at like, uh, um, let, let, let's say someone who who uh, who steps in when they see somebody being beat up on the street and puts their life in danger to save that person. Right. And and to me, that's the ultimate sacrifice for somebody is that human life trumps everything um, is, is that if I see somebody suffering, if I see somebody hurting or getting getting beat up or something like that, I'm going to intervene on it. And that's kind of how I look. How Jesus was that the human race was being beat up and he intervened and and he, and he saved us. And 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 to me, that's the ultimate um form of love is that that service to people because there's nothing more than to like you know to help someone that's in need and then to see the look on their face and and just that you know and you're not expecting anything in return you know i i don't know i may stand before the judgment seat of god and he may say depart from me i mean i don't know you so that sucks for me you know, but I mean, uh, I, this is the way I live. This is the way that I, you know, um, that that I get through life. Yeah, you know? sure. And, 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 and it's um, very honorable, Steve. And don't get me wrong, just because, um, you know, I or we, somebody may disagree with you. I still have a lot of respect and, and honor. Um, like even as you told your story, some of the things that you had gone through uh, with people. Uh, your wife's health, your health, the heart stuff, mm -hmm. the way your first job, them not paying you. And I'm sure there's so many other stories you could probably tell. Oh, yeah. Of, of running into with the people in church and church leadership, especially because we celebrate the wrong things in church leadership and we exalt the wrong people. But that's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wasn't trying to really derail the conversation asking about fate or destiny. I just thought that that was really kind of fascinating because I, I was connecting with you and I was trying mm -hmm. to actually ask myself and, I, and our listeners, our listener probably, um, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing sometimes too. Like if you, cause like you said, the reason it's important for you to connect the fate and destiny thing, cause it also connects with the hope, you know, story. And that's, that's why without, without that sense of greater purpose, uh, you know, there there wouldn't be that hope to connect everything to and so that that makes absolute absolute sense um i disagree i think it's bullshit well because not, uh, because you're, you're what about what about the person who doesn't believe the same thing do they not get to have hope just because they don't believe in a higher power 
you can have hope however you want to have hope. But why do you need to say it's bullshit that somebody else wants to believe that? No, you just said hope. you just said that you have no hope unless you have a purpose. That's what that's what Steve said, and and I said, okay. and, I, and I said I respect that. Okay, you can respect it, but you can't say that that you can't you can't just straight up say, hey, you cannot have hope unless you have purpose. Is that because what I, is that what I I didn't say that? But that's they, what you said. I don't know. Did I say it or was it? No. I, or was did, it? did I say that, Elizabeth? Did I, did I say that you can't awesome. hear? It'd be awesome for you to go back and rewind this and hear yourself say that. Well, we'll, we'll be able to do that. Well, let me, <laughs> let, me let me it. clarify Sorry. then so that, so there's no confusion and we can we, we can actually do that later. Um, and so I'll be like, Chris is right, but it doesn't it doesn't matter because the point <laughs> the point is damn it nick just started watching if he was watching beforehand he'd back me up if somebody (laughs) like 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 steve who was telling the story and that's what i was understanding how he connected again like the fact of fate or destiny which is what my original question was to hope and started telling the jesus story because the reason why it's important for him that to have fate or destiny because it with like without having that like where's the hope like is what did i did i miss that and what you like how you were connecting that to like why the jesus story is so important to you from guys i'm just trying to connect the two because that's where the, the question originally was but i'm and i'm saying that i respect somebody who needs that but i i would agree with you chris that like everybody doesn't have to believe that way and I don't think that I or Steve or anybody was saying that you have to believe that way in order to have hope. But people, yeah, I don't think pe- that at people all. People find hope that way. The, some people find hope in, in um, I, I mean, you know, my, my, I mean, my joy is taking care of my wife. You know, I love doing that, you know, and, and, and I believe that that's my purpose right now. And, and, but that's me. All right. I just want to make that clear is that I'm not trying to put that on anybody else, you know, because um, it, 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 it's not up for me to decide, you know, I, I can tell you my experience and then you take it for that. I'm not going to, like I said, it's not my experience. You have to live my experience. And that way, if you do this, here's the formula. If you do this, 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 and this, then you're going to, you're going to have a relationship with God. All right that's not how it works. All right. It, it, this is how it works with me. This is what I did. And it, this is where I can, I, I can put my boast in is that, yes, I, I, this is where I find my joy is where I find my purpose. And, um, and, and a lot of people, I, they, they might find it in a tree. I mean, I, I don't know. I have no idea, you know, or, or, or a, a purpose in uh, building a, a, a unicycle. I mean, it is just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it yeah, works. And I understood, and I understood that. And I was, I thought just saying that in a different way. I mean, that's pretty much what I was understanding yeah. it as. I mean, and I definitely think that like, if you don't have, and I, and that Chris also leads into what I was wanting to say, because if you don't believe in fate or destiny, like, you know, what, where then, like you said, there's many different ways of having hope and having, finding hope in things, but like, you know what what is do you so your argument and then unpack this for me then more chris so like you don't have to have a sense of a higher calling 
in order to have hope. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I think that if anyone wants to kind of like hear almost the exact opposite perspective that Steve has, they should go listen to our latest episode with Luke King, who was essentially saying that at the end of his life, he doesn't want to look back and have his, you know, grandkids or whatever say, man, you know, grandpa sure was faithful. Like, no, he wants to be able to look back and say, man, I did everything that I wanted to do with the time that I was given in this life. Right. And so I, I, I'm not saying that that's, um, you know, the antithesis of hope or, or, you know, uh, uh, destiny or anything like that, but it's, you know, what, what, from what I'm hearing from Steve, he's saying, um, my, you know, the greatest thing I could ever do would, would be to lay down my life for other people. The greatest thing, you know, the, the love that I give is, you know, the joy of my life is taking care of someone else. Um, and so I'm hearing him being very giving and being very selfless and that's excellent. Um, but I'm wondering if that's not, something that the church has ingrained in him that he has to do, that he has to look after everybody else and, and find his fulfillment in that and completely neglect himself. Whereas I think Luke King, on the other hand, uh, maybe takes it in another extreme. And I wonder if there's some sort of a balance there. That's an actual, you know, place where people can maybe experience true hope or uh, true destiny or something like that. And I hope you're okay right. with us unpacking this for a little bit, oh Stephen. No, this is fine because I like what he said about did, did the church, you know, make it this way. And I was, to be honest with you, I was like this when I was a little kid. I was very, very giving. It was really before I even had any type of experience with God. But to to reiterate what Chris said about the church, I think that they, here's the key, is that they promote that. They promote the, the, the service part and giving up your life, but they don't show it because they don't do it because it's all about self-serving. And, and that's my experience with, with churches. When I see a pastor that's, that's, you know, sits on a church, you know, as the pastor and he appoints his own board, you know, so he can have that board make decisions for him so he can put, um, uh, you know, money into a retirement or do this, this or that or whatever to, to satisfy himself when that's not that, that that's not what Jesus did. You know, that's the that's the world. If you want to do that, then go get a business somewhere. I mean, that's fine, you know, but don't use the church to do it. But unfortunately, that's what the church has been doing. The church, I, I could do it. All that's three of you guys have yeah. had just, yeah, just like, just like me, we've had bad experience with that, you know, and, and, um, I hate it. And, and, and that's why I'm kind of taking a break from it all right now, you know, and, but, but, but I'm never, I'll never give up on, on God because it's not him that does it because he, he does. And, and, and I know, you know, is a destiny or whatever, but, but I, 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 ref, I refuse to believe that. All right. That, that God sees the good in each of us. I don't care who, I don't care if you're Jeffrey Dahmer, he, he, he sees the good in people. All right. And, uh, and, and we make our own choices as, as we, as we travel this road 
called life. You know, um, we have several different, you know, avenues we can take. And, and if we, um, you know, it depends on which one we choose. And, and, and you can think like the Calvinists and say that, well, God is in control of it all. And he's going to make you do that. But I, I don't believe that, you know, I believe that, that God made us. And then he kind of, you know, he's the, he's there and he's influential, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't, you know, it, 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 it's like you, Omar, taking Elizabeth and, and, and making her do something against her will, right? God would never do that with me or you or any one of us, you know? So, so if he wants us, you know, he wants us, he gives us the desires of our heart. So what is the desire of your heart? Chase it. You know, if, if it's, if it's serving other people then do it, if it's, you know, growing the biggest grow farm, then, then go grow it. You know, I mean, what, what do you, this is what you have to do. Um, you know, the desire there, you know, so if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I like that word, especially the grow farm part. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to pull this back around though, because you're, you're talking about being involved in church and going and your only paid job was as pastor as Nanana, Nanana, I always say it wrong um yeah and and so now but now you are taking a step back from church i'm curious to hear your story of that uh process of stepping back but still wanting to believe in god because that's for me what did it in mm -hmm. i was like i'm done i can't if you guys say that this is what god is i'm done mm -hmm. yeah i don't um uh after that i'd i'd you guys have you guys heard a little beaver camp I'm sure you yes. did. Yeah, Little we, Beaver we, we was the, the Omar and I have it, yeah. Omar and I have, but not Chris. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah. well, Chris, it was uh and our it, listeners. It's a camp up here that the uh Assemblies of God owns. Um, and you know, they, they do kids' camps there, retreats, you know, crap like that. So um uh two years ago I got a job there. And it, 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 I tell you what, dude, it was the best job I ever had. I was I was the camp cook, the camp manager, and also was the kind of uh head of the interns you know and kind of like like giving them uh, uh guidance and stuff like that both me and my wife and uh i felt like i was in my element man i loved that 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 place and uh and and i stepped down from my position at at the church as worship uh leader and, and outreach pastor i was a youth pastor there too because nobody um had stepped in because uh my son andrew was going there um at their youth group which is another story maybe we'll get into it later i don't know but um, but anyway, um, I was working it and I was, I loved it. I loved it. I was cooking, you know, and, and the only job I ever had where I was working 16 hours a day and actually look forward to getting up and going to work the next day. And, um, felt like that, that I was in my element, but, um, what happened was, um, uh, when the COVID hit, all right, the camp got shut down and, and I felt a, 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 a shift, you know, like something just shifted. I don't know what it was. You call it spiritual, you call it, you know, um, whatever. Um, we, uh, uh, the, the camp shut down and the church is shut down. You know, you guys were involved in it. All the churches shut down. So I had a, a, a problem with that because, because I, I felt like it was all, you know, like, like th this is not right. We shouldn't be doing it. So um, when the church is shut down, I sent a letter to the, um, the district office, to my pastor, to the church board of my home church and the district office and the general superintendent of the national office. 
asking them to clarify for me when scripture says certain things and the constitution says something, but yet we're doing the opposite. And I wanted to, I wanted the clarification there, you know, that they could do that. Well, well, they sent me some, basically some political spin and, and I have it all. I'm not going to go into it all right now because I'm, I'm kind of debating on whether or not I want to make a video about this kind of like a, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but at least I'm getting the, the point out right here. And, um, but, but anyway, um, and I knew from that point that my credentials, in fact, I'm an, I, I was ordained with the Assemblies of God. And uh, I knew my credentials would, because I was, you know, would come under, under question because I was questioning leadership. You don't question leadership in the church. You should know that, you know, especially Not in the Assemblies of God. <laughs> no, um, you don't question it. And, and I did. And, and I felt the Lord yeah, I speak to my heart that, that, you know, I'm going to lose my credentials. I, I don't care about the credentials. I really don't. Although I did work hard for him, you know, and how fast it also became political. Yeah. And you worked hard for it and you paid for him too. You have to pay your dues. Every, every I do month. every year. Yeah. With real money. bucks a year. And I didn't have a, a, a job. They, they let me go, you know, and, and I didn't have a job to pay for it. But anyway, um, uh, I, they didn't they just shut the camp down at that point well well at, at, at that point we just kind of i was doing an online thing you know i don't know if you guys have seen i was doing a thing called L late night anchorage and i talk about the the political um side of stuff and just you know and to make it fun you know and um about may time frame i guess we got a call from one of the the, the church board um the guy's wife who happens to be a nurse okay and she was tired of not meeting. So she knew that we wanted to have fellowship. So she said, can we do a Bible study? Absolutely. Let's do one. So we started one and we did a couple of months or whatever. And, and word got out to the pastor that I was having a Bible study with, with, and of course the church is not open by then. And I wasn't starting a church or anything. I was just doing a Bible study, you know, just meeting and doing worship and just kind of hanging out. Pastors and, um, hate that. Yeah, they do. Especially this one did. And um, I, I got a, a, a call from, uh, from the pastor, it was in July, and Andrew, my son, uh, was leaving in July, he was going to Boston, right, he, was, he moved to Boston, and um, I thought the pastor was calling me to find out what was going on with that, all right, because he, you know, Andrew was, you know, kind of, kind of went from from one way to another in a, you know, in, in a, in a time period, I thought he was concerned. All right. That's what I thought he was calling me about. I had no clue that he had problems with me doing this Bible study because every time I would, I would do, if I go online, I would, I would build up the church. I'd say, you know, go listen to him, you know, do, do his sermon and this and that. And, and cause at that point I was still a part of that church. And, um, Anyway, he, he called and he and he started chewing me out for having a Bible study. He started rebuking me. He started, uh, you know, in, in the name of Jesus, you, you're, you're rebelling and this and that. And I'm like, I'm having a Bible, a Bible study. I mean, I couldn't understand it, you know, and it kind of blew me. It, it, it blew me away and I wasn't expecting it. So I put on speakerphone so my wife and and my daughter could witness what he was saying. And they couldn't believe what he was saying. And then he wanted me to come to church because the churches were fixing. The, uh, they had just going to open back up in July. He wanted me to come and and um, repent before 
the church and then and then we could we could reconcile brother you know come we want you to come home and this and that and I thought about it and I was like okay yeah I guess so you know and, and then after I got off the phone I was like you know no damn way I'm doing that yeah I didn't do anything wrong why would what do I have to go apologize and repent for you know so I didn't show up and at that point it just it just kind of went and then and then a couple of weeks later I get uh uh a video come across my timeline of the general superintendent of the national office and the children's leader of the children's ministry. And they're selling what they call a buddy mask. You guys probably know who buddy barrel is. If Chris, if he doesn't know who buddy barrel is, buddy is a buddy barrel. He look kind of looks like SpongeBob, right? He's this character. <laughs> and, and, and the kids take the buddy barrel and they put money in it and then they give it to missions. It's a, you know, it's a decent idea, you know, and they've been doing it forever, but you know, so they had a, this thing called a buddy barrel mask. All right. And it was a mask that they put, you know, they were selling the kids. All right. And, and to me, and I, I had it on my show and I, and I made my mistake was making fun of the general superintendent because <laughs> you, you, you actually, you could see the, this, there's like almost like plastic. You could see they couldn't breathe in it. And I was making fun of it, you know? And uh, yeah, but, but they, the, the Bishop of our district didn't, didn't find it amusing. All right. And um, cause I would, you know, I would say stuff like, you know, you know, suffocate your child for $7, you know? And, and, and so, so yeah. And so, so that got me, that got me a letter of reprimand against my credentials. Jeez. And also it got me fired from the camp. They, they <laughs> fired me from that point from the camp. And I was like, okay, so I started like, okay, so, you know, th that was it. I would, what else could I do? All right. Um, and then about a month later in October, now every, every quarter, the general presbytery meets, that's the big wigs. That's the, the, the bishop, the assistant superintendent, who happens to be the pastor of my church that I went to. Um, and, and then all, all the, the presbyters, the district presbyters, the regional presbyters, and they meet. Well, at that meeting, I, I don't have access to that meeting because I'm a low, low guy on a southern pole. Peon, exactly. <laughs> a complaint was lodged against me by the pastor of this church and the assistant superintendent that I was dividing the church and I was holding meetings in my house and trying to steal their youth. All right. And I, that was beyond me. I hadn't, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't understand that at all. Um, a, a, a picture of that somebody had taken offline of me in my living room, you know, um, having a worship uh, session uh, and a letter written saying that this is what I was doing. Now, now, now why would a pastor, all right, have a problem with you wanting to worship the Lord at your house with people, it, it, you know, and you guys coming from a, a, a you know, the, that kind of background, if you were still in that. And, and now you know why, you know, after we just said that, that this is all, you know, a lot of this is just a facade. A lot of people just take this, position as a they don't even believe in god they just do because they get paid they have a degree and then they they lead people and and, and it's really a shame because they don't care about people they care about themselves anyway um i got this the this complaint lodged against me so um i 
fought it. I was like, I want the, the opportunity to, to address my accuser. That's biblical. If you guys know the Bible, that's how you would address a sinner, somebody who sins against you. You, you, you address him by himself. And then if he don't listen to you, then you take another person with you. If not, after that, you know, then you take it before the church. And then if they still don't listen to you, then you throw them. That's it. You forget about them. Right. That's not how I the assemblies of God does it, though, Stephen. And, and see, and, and no, I have, they, and well, I have they a did question it, for you, Stephen, about that, too. I, did you have where were your pastor friends who, you know, stood beside you all the time before did you have? Did you have people that were coming to bat for you saying, no, this like, I know this guy, he's not doing this. Or were you just like that those people stay silent? Did you end up? How did I've that... had, I've had people contact me by messenger saying that I believe in what you're doing, but I can't say anything about it. Cause I'll lose my job. I'll lose my Damn. pastor. I'll lose it. Yeah. So um, th this is really, you know, th th this is, this is how it works, you know? And, and there was one pastor that did um, pastor that, the, 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 Wasilla Assembly of God is now called Summit. That's where my, my son Nick was youth pastor over there. His pastor happens to be the, the central region presbyter. He was the only one that saw that this was wrong and he stood up for me. All right. And he got called to the carpet. So he got, I haven't, I was, I'm almost guaranteed that he, he, I haven't heard from him since Nick left. And he probably was told to, to you know, this guy's bad news, just stay away from him. Um, but anyway, uh, he, he went to bat for me because I, I, I asked, okay, because the, 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 the superintendent had told me you need to meet with the pastor of your church and you guys work it out basically. And I said, well, I want a mediator there because that's the Bible calls for that, you know, and then I want, I want somebody there that can mediate the, the thing. And then this pastor that, that was Nick's boss offered to do it and the other pastor said no that it just wanted me and him right so i i did that and i recorded the phone call and uh of course got i didn't get in trouble for that but he said you know you can't record the phone call and i can because according to alaska law as long as one party knows it's being recorded you can record it and um but he was i think he knew i was being that i was recording because he's very nice to me very nice, but he wasn't willing to give. He still accused me of, of splitting the church. And I, I was like, I can't, I, 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 he said, I need to cease and desist doing it. And I, I'm not like doing it now. In the meantime, the guy that was uh, meeting at my house, the board member, he left the, he left the church. He got off the board because he saw some stuff that, and I'm not at liberty to say what was going on, but, but he, after he got off the board, he told me some things that, would probably make your head swim. All right. And, uh, which just kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah, probably not, but, but probably I don't want to, we were there. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want to make, you know, um, you know, secondhand allegations. Yeah, he yeah, told yeah, me yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to do that. And, and, um, but anyway, it just confirmed what I was already feeling and then what I, what I kind of knew in my, in my own heart. So, uh, that, that, and in that complaint, that was threatened that my credentials wouldn't be renewed. And um, so, and then it drew off and I kept asking, I kept asking, can I have an audience with the, I, I want my opportunity to address the allegations. I want the opportunity. It was never given to me. Um, they finally dismissed 
the credentials. Um, I did file a complaint with the national office. The national office told me that I needed to figure it out with the, with the, the, the local because they don't get involved in that. And I was like, and this was their HR department. Well, why do you have an HR department if you don't deal with, you know, who am I to go to? The, the very person you're telling me to go fix the problem and, and go complain to is the person I have the problem with. How can I, how can I, you know, how can I, I do that? You need to help me. So they did. And um, same thing, the, this was the, 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 the regional, Western regional presbyter, the big wig of, of the entire West Coast. I was on a Zoom call with him and the bishop and, and the pastor and the rest of the presbytery was on it. And uh, it was just me and him. He questioned me. And, and basically, he, he tried to get me to admit that I was wrong in what I was doing. And uh, I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And then they didn't want me to, to record that phone call either. Um, but I did anyway, because I screw you, you know, I mean, because I'm, I'm not going to go out of here without it, you know. It's kind of like Bon Jovi, you know, I'm going out in a blaze of glory and, and I'm going to take a few of you with me when I go. So th th this is th that's why I recorded it. And because I wanted to refer back to some of the things that were said and, and some things that were said in that phone call. And, and, and now I have an appeal um, because once your credentials are, are dismissed, then you can you can appeal it. And it's under appeal right now. It's going to go before. The, their board in June, and then it, it's probably going to come out the same way. But but at, at this point, um, at least with the Assemblies of God, I'm done. Screw them. You know that they're, they're uh, um, my my our friend Pastor Ron. He he called me because he 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 didn't know what was going on because because once we kind of left TGM, he and I kind of you know not that we you know, are, are not good friends anymore. We just aren't on that level. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't a lot's happened. A lot's happened in the last uh, 10 years. A lot's happened. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then, you know, and then, and then plus with Yolanda passing away last year, That's, it yeah. was just, you yeah, know, he, yeah. he and I didn't, uh, but anyway, he, he texted me and asked me, you know, Hey, I heard, you know, Hey, what's going on. And I told him and he, and he was concerned. He just said, just don't burn any bridges you know, reach out to the bishop and see if you can work it out. And I did. I called. I tried to get audience with him alone. I didn't even get a return phone call, right? So it's like they totally just, like, ignore me, you know, like, just, like, and and and, and then I think about the, the oh man, you know, I'm, I, like, like I said, I don't want to get into all this stuff right now, but, but stuff happened with my son a couple of years ago, and um, um, that was really wrong, and uh do but, you mind do you mind the, if we talk about that at all a little bit or are you at liberty no he um yeah he uh it, we found out he, he was about 14 years old he was he was struggling with with homosexuality and um he's 14 years old i mean it's a child you know i mean he don't know so uh he, he makes a a a post on his facebook page that he's you know he's gay and a couple of years later, he, he starts getting touched by God. It's, it's some certain things. Right. And, and he's, he's kind of not, you know, not that he's not struggling with it, but he's kind of, you know, more focused on, on, on serving God. So he gets on the worship team. He gets on this other stuff. He wants to, you know, do internship at little beaver and, and, and do some other things. And, um, 
he never did. He made them. I wouldn't call it a mistake, but it was actually, I think, a, a God thing that he didn't erase the message that he put on there. And somebody found it, made a comment about it, and uh, he was removed from all positions, worship, children's ministry, everything. Right, simply for having struggle. All right, and a comment and, he made when he was fourteen years old. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and it, it, it was wrong. So, um, as us being, being parents, we, I mean, as a Christian, you know, you, you think certain way you, you, you think, um, you know, I have my thoughts on homosexuality, you know, but it, it's not for me, I'm, uh, I'm not attracted to men. I had to put myself in his head. You know, how does, how is he feeling? I have no idea. So you have to have that, that compassion. You can't just say, stop thinking about that. That's dumb. That's what the church wants you to do. They want you to change. It's this, you know, um, the, the big pink elephant, you know, if we just ignore it, it'll go away. All right. Well, how so we has, reached out. How my wife has and having I, a gay son, like made your theology change? How, how is that confronted um, a lot of the things that maybe the, the Bible says or the denomination lines um, when you're actually confronted with, you know, a son who you clearly love your son. So how, how do mm -hmm. you reconcile that with, with the Bible and the religion that you're in? The Bible doesn't tell me to disown him. In fact, it tells me to love him, you know, and, and, and that's what I do. You know, he, he's, we, we're living on the base right now, um, you know, on Elmendorf and uh, he, he's up until he's 21, he can stay with us, you know, and, and uh, he, he's living with us now. Um, it, he, he does his thing. It's his life. You know, I, I can't make choices for him. Um, now, when he was under my roof as a, as a minor, you know, there were, when, when, when it actually came out, um, uh, he, uh, one of my, and this is, this stems back and, and, and you may kick me in the butt for this. That's fine. But this is how we raised our kids. I, I was in the, with the no dating. I didn't, I didn't want my kids to go through all the drama, you know, cause I know what I went through. So until you're 18, I don't want you dating. And it, why are you living in my house? And even after you live in my house and we, you know, if you're still living in my house, um, then you can, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it, how we're going to work it. Well, Nick pretty much got out when he was 18. Um, uh, Noelle is just a, uh, you know, she's just Noelle, you know what I mean? She does her thing and she's not really, wasn't really concerned. And, and with him, it was the same thing. I said, I don't care if it, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a male or a female. I said, it's still the same rule. And he abided by it and w which is good. And, and, uh, and then when he made 18, he, uh, um, you know, he, he, uh, it, he's struggling with it, you know, and, and there was nowhere for him to go. Um, because you just expected just to, um, you know, I, I could speak to him on the lust issue, you know, because that, 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 that's mainly what the problem is. Cause you have to, you have to separate love from lust. There's, there's a big difference there. And, and a lot of times when we think it's love or we think it's an attraction, it's actually just a lustful thing. And, and we have to get past that. And, and I tried to get him, you know, to find who you are, you know, not find who you are in your sexuality, but who you are as a person, you know, and, um, 
and he was going in that direction. And, and, uh, but, but he was hurt by that. He was hurt by the shaming because that was a big, uh, a big part of it, you well, know? Yeah, and, and you're going and, to hell too is, is probably well, yeah. a huge thing too. I, I, I can't, I, I can't say that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, because, because like, like the, you guys, your, your podcast fade to gray. All right. Because it's, because we're taught there's black and there's white. I'm not talking about racial stuff. I'm talking about, you know, ideas, morals, values, you know, things, things that we live for. It's either black or it's either white. Well, no, you guys is gray areas. Right. And, and I disagree with that. Yes, there is gray areas, but there's all kinds of colors in there. Because God made the entire spectrum. So there's not only gray and black and white, but there's also pinks and yellows and greens and reds and blues and everything else that, you know, that we want to lump on one side or the other side. And we, we have to, we call we that have to take that in, into consideration. <laughs> the, there you go. Um, it's all, the, it's all the colors there. And, and um, can I ask you a question? To, yeah. Are you familiar with, uh, there's like this new thing going around with uh, theologians that are pretty progressive where they're saying that the word that was translated to homosexual in the Bible actually doesn't really refer to a, uh, a committed relationship between two consenting adults, uh, regardless of gender or sex. Uh, but it actually refers to a cultural practice of uh, pedophilia. Are you aware of this? Um. I've heard that. I'm not. I'm not very familiar with it, but yeah. I'm, I've I've heard about it. Yeah, I haven't like delved into it and find out anything. What what I do is um, I, I lean more towards the Hebrew um, translations and the way that the, because Christianity stems out of Jew, out of Judaism, so everything that we know comes from there. All right, and and this is a big bad word that people don't want to talk about, but. Uh, uh, Kabbalah, Kabbalah, right? The, you probably heard it through Madonna, somebody like that. Mm -hmm. That's the Jewish teaching that goes deep. Dark magic, like yeah. they, they, they don't like Christianity doesn't even touch anything. I mean, we, we stay superficial. We don't go, um, you know, we don't go any, in, any further into that, you know? Um, but they do, they go deep and, and some of that stuff. And, and, and this is a, a, a thing that I find fascinating is that I I work uh, I work security for the the local synagogue here, and because they've had threats, you know, anti-Semitic stuff, and and I'm you know I, I I help them, and I've got to know the rabbis a lot the last four or five years, and there's a couple that goes there that has a had a had a daughter when they first started going there, and the daughter was about 13 years old. Well now the daughter's a son, they transitioned into a son. And now you'd think that on a, on Shabbat, when the Jewish people meet for them to take the Torah scrolls out of the, the ark that they have there, they have to have a minion, which is 10, not those little guys in that, that, <laughs> that, that movie, but it's, it's a minion is 10 is 10 men. Right. So they have to have 10 men to take this out. Well, if the girl who transitioned to a boy is one of the, he, in other words, they recognize him as a man. All right. And the, the thing with the Jewish people is that 
the sanctity that they have for human life. All right. That they, that the human life, they will go out of their way not to hurt somebody's feelings. At least the conservative, the, these guys, now just normal everyday people don't give a crap. They'll, they'll hurt your feelings, you know, just like we will here, you know, and, and, uh, but they're very, um, they're, they're very, because they believe that a piece of God has been placed in each one of us. And if they offend you, then they offend God. So they don't want to do that. Right. Okay. So they go out of their way not to. And, um, and that's where I get a lot of, a lot of stuff that I, that I, I look at the, the, the Hebrew part of it. Now at night, I, I can't like, as far as Chris, as you said about those guys, talk, about, about what they, what they're talking about, I, I'd like to look into it and see what they, what, what they found. But I know that, that at least I know for the, the Jewish part of it, it means that it's homosexuality. All right. And, but it, there's those areas of, of purple, of gray, of everything else that we need to look at. We can't, you know, we can't just say it's black or it's white, you know? And, and, and like I said, for me, and this goes back to what we talked about the destiny part before, for me, I, I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not attracted to that. So I can't, I can't understand that, but I'm not going to say it's wrong for you. Cause I don't know what's going on inside your head. Right. But you, you know? can't, but you have to also say that you're destined to have a gay son. And so you're destined to, to have this struggle. So God wanted you to, to struggle with this part of your faith for a reason. Yeah, I, probably, you know, and, 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 but, but I'm, I know for one thing, I'm not going to stop loving him. I'm not going to stop dis, you know, I'm not going to disown him. Um, it, it, because it, whatever he does, it's still going to be a joy to my heart because he's my son, you know, and if he wants to transition, but she's not, you know, as far as I know, he's not going down that road. Um, but he, you know, if, if he does, he does, it's his, it's just his life, man. You know, it, it, it's your choices. You got to do what you need to do. You do you, you, and I do me, you know, I'm not going to force you. And, and, and it seems like that, that's the, the, the message we have with Christianity is that, you know, if you don't do this, then this, right. And th there's always a, 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 um, a consequence. Well, yeah, there's consequences to decisions that we make always, but, um, if uh what happened to your wife man she's gone uh like our kids uh, it's that time of night and so um they are I was just looking down there i was like what is she staring at oh wait no she's not there they're, they're, they're murdering each other right now so let's just handle that real quick but no this yeah. is I, this is a great conversation steve and we're, we're gonna have to wrap because we're we're going over our normal time and i know i okay some time earlier talking about the whole destiny thing, but I think there's so many different directions that we could go with talking with you. And I really, really enjoy this. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, Chris would say the same thing because he's a little bit further removed from, you know, Christianity than I am. And I think that's why I, uh, when I camped out on that question earlier and I do apologize, I'm trying not to re rehash any of it. I just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I, I believe in it too. Because mm -hmm. at one point, you know, destiny was huge for me. And it's not something that I think about that much anymore. You know, I, I think anymore, it's something that I just take each day as it comes. It's something like you said about, you know, your destiny right now is, you know, loving your wife. And I feel like 
um, I'm having a lot of those same realizations with, um, you know, my kids and my wife is just how, what do I need to do to give them their best experience? Um, you know, and, and so for me, it's like learning, be more kind. Um, you know, when you're single and you're, I'm hanging out with my asshole friends like Chris, it doesn't matter if I'm kind or not, you know, they, <laughs> they, they, they think the best of me anyway, but it's like when you have, you know, a bunch of hormonal females, your children, you, it's, it's a different posture you have to have. And, and so, um, I think, um, you know, destiny's tied into all that. I think there's a reason why I have three girls, you know, I don't know what that is. I think maybe there's danger sometimes when we start attaching stuff and looking for destiny, cause you, that's when you get some extremist things that could happen. So, um, I want to make sure that I clarify whatever I was saying earlier. I don't think that it's all good. I just like the perspective you have, and it is very selfless as far as laying down your life, um, for uh, the, the other human, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is admirable. And yeah, it's unfortunate that the church abuses people like that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, what's your thought, Chris? You're about to say something. Um, no, I, I'm just going to, I guess, echo what you said. I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation with you about this stuff. And I, I really appreciate that you're, you know, not really backing down to uh, these people who are, they've given themselves authority in this church um, and essentially uh, are canceling you just because you yep. know, they feel threatened by you or disagree with you. Um, you know, this is, this is the original cancel culture, you know, right here. Yeah. Shunning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the church, yeah. I mean, like, there, that's why it's, it's, I would love to talk about a lot of this different stuff in your perspective. And the reason I even, uh, tried to stay so long on that earlier is is because of your philosophical i value um kind of just your thought processes even if we don't land in the same spot um yeah it kind of kind of helps either solidify what i'm thinking already or be like oh you know maybe maybe i should give this some some more thought and it seems like you're you know and that's what i respect about you you're willing to allow life to dictate your theology more than theology dictate your life and so there you um, go. as, as a pastor or man of God, I respect you for that more than anything else. And would love to have you on for a part two to talk about um, maybe some political stuff or even more of like um, looking, looking at the church and all the negative experiences you've have, but the, the fact that you still have hope in that institution I think it's something that could be an, an episode in of itself too, because I don't, I don't no. see it. I think that like, if God is doing any n- big, great move right now, it's basically removing his people from those places because those places, like it's, it's all about capitalism and it's not, it's not Christianity it has nothing to do with Jesus whatsoever anymore. But um, there's a remarkable white Jesus that's being sold with it. And so they call him the uh the bg's jesus because he looks like maurice gibb <laughs> colonizer jesus is what i like to call him yeah <laughs> um but but yeah man, I pre- jesus appreciate the the hell out of you anything else that you want to say or promote um sounds like you're doing some things live stream how can people find you they want to um you know 
hear what you're you got going on like where can they find you yeah we um i started a website uh it's called rock the world um but the the website is steve duplantis.com um it's uh basically it's me and my wife and 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 it, it, we're, we're just transparent you know we, we want to help people we want to you know we're not in it for money we're not in it for anything and we just want to you know uh it, it, some rough times going on right now, you know, and, and, and people, they need hope. They need hope in something, you know, and uh, to, to go on because uh, a, a lot of people are checking out, you know, and, and, uh, and we can't have that. And because, you know, like I said, human life it is important. So that's steveduplantis.com. I have my, uh, my live stream seven, seven o'clock on Wednesday nights. It's Alaska time. So it depends on where you guys are at. Uh, it's way late for you guys are probably in bed by that time, but, uh, we are actually, um, we are moving, um, at the end of the summer, uh, because my wife can't, uh, she can't handle the cold anymore. Um, you know, with the, the conditions she's got. So we're actually moving to Florida and, uh, we'll be down, uh, probably Ocala area. Um, that's where we're looking at right now. And then, the live stream will come on a lot earlier, so it'll, I'll be on your time time uh, time yeah. schedule that time. You'll be on the uh, East Coast. That's yeah, close. and uh, and then Nick, my son, he's in South Carolina. Well, not now. He's actually in Canada because his wife uh, is from Canada, so they're spending some time with the in-laws there. And then he's headed to South Carolina, so he'll be there. And um, so uh, and then uh, Noel and Andrew, they'll still be in, in Alaska for right now. Andrew's probably going to get out. Uh, yeah. He wants to go back to Boston. I, I, I thought he was he was in Boston, but he had moved back to Alaska then. Yeah, his, dude, his um his apartment caught on fire, <laughs> and he lost wow. everything, dude. And and wow. then he Sorry, came I'm back. Not, that's uh, crazy. Is it, I mean, at least he was okay. Yeah, he didn't have a whole lot, you know, but. But still, what he had was gone, and then uh, he came back in like right before Thanksgiving, and um, and then he's just kind of you know he, he wanted to leave, but then he's like ah you know I'll stay here for now, so he's gonna um, you know we kind of you know we, we're getting along, so um, that that's good, and uh, he, and uh, I like him, I like him being here, you know I mean it's I want to have an empty nest, but at the same time I love my kids, you know so. Well, appreciate you again, um, and uh, maybe we'll do this another time. But uh, thanks, Steve, and thanks, right, for, man. thanks for checking us out. Um, that's a really awkward, hard out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you. Thanks.